we can almost comfortably say that we made it. We're not quite there to game night. First night of high school football. That will come shortly. But we're getting there. And then week zero of college football, we will have Trey's Hawaii Rainbow Warriors against the Vanderbilt Commodores this coming Saturday right here on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside and a slew of games following and going forward. So we can almost say it now to our next guest as well. Ben Cates, newsadvance.com, local sports reporter who is back with us once again here in the fast lane. Ben, we're going to say it a little prematurely because it's not quite here, but does it feel like we've made it to football season once again? You know, uh, I don't. I, I guess so. I think all the kids are ready. It seems like being out of practices this week. I know I'm not ready. Um, it seems like summer has gone by um, too quickly. But um, but I'm trying to get quickly um, um, get in the mode for football. Um, it's always an exciting time of year. It is. It's fun. This is where optimism reigns supreme, and certainly people are looking for new ways to uh, see what their teams are going to do. And of course. The Seminole District is always a focal point for many. We will get to that momentarily. But outside of the area, Appomattox, they have historically been as dominant as anybody in the Dogwood District. Alta Vista with future NFL star Juan Thornhill had something to say about that for a brief period of time. But for the most part, this has been really good for Appomattox. We've chronicled the courageous battle of head football coach Doug Smith with the Raiders. Um, Now comes the money time, figuring out how this team uh, handles things in meaningful game situations. What is your read on Appomattox and their place, as they would believe it to be at least, at the higher point of the Dogwood District hierarchy. Interesting that you bring that up because um, you, if you hear in the background right now, I'm, I'm at Appomattox right now at football practice. Uh, and, you know, um, from, from what I've gathered so far being here um, today, these kids, uh, they, there's a lot of um, excitement around the new season. There's a lot of kids who are back um, on varsity this year. Not as youthful as some teams around the area, I think, we have a lot of that in our area right now, a lot of turnover. Uh, there, there is, there's quite a bit of youth in the Seminole. Now I think the big thing for Appomattox, seeing as how they have a lot of guys back, is finding guys to put in positions. They've got to replace some really dynamic players um, who graduated and went off to college. And so the big thing is finding those guys to fit in those roles. There will always be athleticism at Appomattox, it's just a matter of getting the, the right guys out, getting them in the right positions. And also, you know, any time this time of year, a lot of things are still fresh. So I think this team um, behind me right now is, is going through some things and kind of trying to memorize some things and get, get some kinks out before they open the season at Buckingham um, this weekend. You mentioned that for Appomattox. Uh, is there a sense that you'll get from them of obviously – you know, comfort of being able to just focus on playing football for a couple of hours on Friday night amidst the distractions that they've handled as well as you could expect particularly high schoolers to do. Do you get the impression that once that game gets going, at least it will solidify the fact that, all right, it's football season and there's a routine and it becomes a lot easier at that point to just focus on the next, you know, three plus months or so. Yeah, I think so. You know, you, you um, never want to overlook the first one, as anybody um, on any football field will tell you. Um, but there is something about getting that first game under your belt. Um, and so I think once, you know, this one starts out on Friday 
we'll kind of see if Appomattox can handle what is uh, traditionally a, a, a pretty tough offensive Buckingham team. And, you know, once you get into the game and you get in a rhythm, you kind of start to establish your identity a little bit. This team, it, um, Appomattox has had many like it, I think, um, in the past few years. Some Sometimes they're really strong and sometimes – Coaches will tell you they just never know um, from at the beginning of the year what team is what this team is going to what what a certain team is going to be like. I think this this is that kind of team, um, and so also with the distractions and um, uh, with with the health um, concerns with Coach Smith, uh, there there is quite a bit of um, you know trusting kind of going on, trusting in your teammates and your and your coaches who are out on the field right now. Ben Cates 8 is the Twitter handle. Newsadvance.com is where you can also keep up with his work. It's high school football season, so check him out uh, as the coverage intensifies rapidly over the next handful of days. Is it Appomattox and then everyone else in the Dogwood District, or do you see a threat or a challenger to them in that district? I think so. I think it's I think it's Appomattox. Um, and then, you know, you've, you're, you're always going to have uh, a tough – Tough team in, in in Gretna, maybe maybe William Campbell sneaking in there too. Um, I don't know too much right now about um, teams like Dan River down down uh, South Side, um, but uh, I think you know Appomattox right now is is so strong is has, has also so much uh, playoff experience um, and just just game experience in general when they get into tough spots. So we'll see, but I think um, the dogwood kind of I think I think that's kind of the going um, rate right now is that it, it belongs to Apo. Hard not to believe in them and uh, until somebody else proves otherwise, just given the success that the Appomattox Raiders have had transitioning from the dogwood district over to the Seminole district. Boy, we've got two games that are barn burners this coming weekend in terms of just raw excitement. Um, that would be, of course, LCA against Salem and Lord Botetourt at EC Glass. Can you remember two teams in a district operating or opening up with this much of a, uh, a bank, so to speak, in terms of starting their season off with games that you would think have had their attention for months now? Yeah, you know, um, it is that is very interesting. It's a, a good point that you bring up there. I think uh, go, a good get by Coach Rocco at LCA to start off with Salem. You really want to um, that that's playing up to you know Division Four for LCA, but you really want that competition if you're LCA because LCA is kind of the team that everyone is expecting um, will be on top of the Seminole this year. So you want to start off with with a really good challenge, um, and and Brookville kind of went against found out you know how good Salem was in their scrimmage um, last weekend, and so. Salem always, your listeners know, always going to be good. Always, not always a powerhouse, but but always going to be at least good, um, and 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 maybe great this year. Uh, LCA in Class Three has to definitely be a favorite um, with Gideon Davidson and the people that are around him. They are clearly talented enough, especially at running back, as you mentioned with the Clemson commit, Gideon Davidson. And then, obviously, with Salem, a running back commit, Peyton Lewis, to Tennessee, and then the linebacker, Chris Cole, that uh, many expect, uh, while Virginia Tech's in his finalist of six, many people think that it'll be the Georgia Bulldogs. That's quite a lot of talent on the field. Is that where you'll be on Friday? I won't be at that game, but um, most likely, but, uh, but I will be probably at City Stadium to see glass. Uh, play uh, Lord Botetourt. 
Um, but I will tell you really quickly on the Peyton Lewis kid, I've seen that kid on the football field and on the track um, numerous times in outdoor and indoor track. He's a beast, and LCA will have their hands full with him for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point also and will certainly be something worth uh, monitoring since we'll be having our broadcast of Jefferson Forest Cavalier Football presented by TrostLaw.com starting with the 6.30 p.m. East Coast Wings and Grill Tailgate Show this coming Friday from Sabre Stadium with uh, the on the Virginia's Talk Station app and 100.9 FM. Ben, you mentioned it uh, as far as LCA or as far as EC Glass hosting Lord Botetot in the game where you will be. There are a couple new coaches in the Seminole District this year. EC Glass is one. Obviously, Amherst is the other with Bob Christmas retiring from that post uh, over the last offseason. Do you expect both of them to pick up where they've left off? Do you see growing pains? Do you see substantial growth? What do you see out of the two schools with new coaches in the Seminole District this year? I'm sure there will be some growing pains at both schools. It, it, there always is any time. Uh, a new coaching staff comes in, or, or simply a new coach, new head coach, um, in the in this in both Amherst and Glasses. Um, since there there is there is a new staff at each place, um, and so Amherst, like I said about Appomattox, always going to have the athlete that's a the one uh, school county there, and the athletes are always there. It's just a matter of can will you come out and play football? You know that's the big question, and will you commit to it? Um, and if you get enough of those guys, you're going to, to have a decent year, I think. Um, and that's not to say, when I say growing pains, that's not to say that, that, um, that neither of those teams will be talented. I think they will. I think they both have some really good pieces. And at EC Glass, um, a new era under Coach Lovelace, you know, um, he's bringing in a lot of um, experience from, from where he was at William Fleming and then um, his experience also as an assistant at EC Glass. I think the kids will really um, rally around him and really um, want to work for him. And so it's, you know, it's a new era there, and I think um, there's plenty to be excited about um, if, you're a, if you're a Hilltopper fan. Last year, Brookville knocked off Patrick Henry in a shootout. They, of course, now host the Patriots from Roanoke this coming Friday. What's your read on this Brookville team that has lost a lot with Coach John Meeks over the last couple of years? They have lost a lot um, to graduation, uh, and I haven't gotten over to Brookville yet, but my sense from looking over the roster is they are extremely young in a lot of key positions, um, offensively, defensively, especially at safety as well. Um, there'll be, there'll, you'll see new kids at quarterback, at receiver, um, and new kids trying to step in at running back um, to give Jordan Whitelaw some help there, too. Um, two-thirds of what we used to call the three-headed monster that was a rushing attack that put up almost 3,000 yards on the ground last year for Brookville is gone. So it's trying to find the guys to um, to replace that. And then, you know, Brookville is, is always a team that even if it's a, it's a, you know, kind of we don't know how the year's going to be, it's always a team that can jump up and bite you, no doubt. And so any, if you're in the Seminole, you have to be on your guard for sure. There are three games that have some interest on a different level, and that is teams that are hoping to take that jump this year, but yet you would expect they need to start off fairly quickly. Liberty at William Byrd, Spotswood at Rustburg, and Gretna at Jefferson Forest. Again, presented by TrostLaw.com on Talk Radio 100.9 FM and the Virginia's Talk Station app. Out of those three, 
do you have one or two circled as, okay, I really want to see if this team does start fast and is able to show the form that gives me confidence that they will be able to take that leap forward? I think Jefferson Forest is going to be better this year. Um, you know, it, it, sometimes it takes a couple of years with an, under a new coach, and a new, especially when they're running a new system, to get everything kind of squared away. I think this is year three now in that with, with that new system. And so um, I, I expect Jefferson Forest to, to, be, to be much better. There, there should, should have plenty of numbers out there, plenty of guys out there. But the team that you mentioned that I'm really um, excited to see is Rustburg. I think um, with Quay Rosser as, um, at running back, he's kind of a big, he's like a he's six foot. 215, something like that, pounds. And so um, big, big running back um, that gives Rustburg a lot of pop. And then offensively, um, up front, they're really, they're really good and, and experienced. And so I'm looking for Rustburg to be the dark horse in the Seminole. I think, you know, everybody's expecting LCA to, to be the top team. Heritage may be in glass in the mix, but both are, are pretty youthful. Heritage probably more than glass in that department. But I think Rustburg is the dark horse, um, and and you you should um, everybody should, should kind of watch the first few weeks and see what transpires there. You mentioned Heritage; they open at Albemarle, and the youth is something that uh, may take a moment to really crystallize. Maybe a good start at Albemarle. That should be a game that you would expect Heritage's system to uh, carry over. But we've also seen early season games, Ben, where Heritage, uh, you know, is it takes a moment to get acclimated to the speed that Brad Bradley wants his team to show on offense. They do turn to that defense to carry them. Do you see that being something worth monitoring that maybe early in the year for Heritage as they get acclimated offensively, that this is more of a defensive-led team? Yeah, absolutely. I think the defense right now at Heritage is a little bit ahead of the offense. They're, they seem to be more defensively sound um, than offensively right now. But then again, there, there are guys who are coming into new roles and guys who, are, um, who, who have never started before. I think there are, there are five, five, six guys back on each side of the ball um, starting. And so that creates a lot of uh, room for new guys to step up. And the defense right now, I think, is probably a little bit better than the offense. But I think that offense will come along because um, Brad Bradley, any time that there, uh, there is a slow start, he seems to – tends to get things turned around really quickly. Um, and so, yeah, you talk about the speed at which he wants to play. And then there's also the effort. There is never a lack of effort at Heritage. Indeed, there never really is. And the energy and effort are a staple of that program, much like they're a staple of the work you get at Ben Cates 8 on Twitter and newsadvance.com. Ben, appreciate your time today in the fast lane. Uh, catch your breath because it's here, and uh, the next few months will be hectic but fun as well. Ed, thank you so much. I look forward to it, and um, we'll talk throughout the season. We do indeed. We look forward to more of these. Ben Cates with us once again here in the Fast Lane. By the way, Labor Day week, which is a couple of weeks from now, just keep it locked. We may move things uh, around a little bit because uh, no show planned on Labor Day. But the show does go on, and when we return, we go from high school football to college and the pros. CBS Sports analyst and former FSU and Pittsburgh Steeler defensive back Bryant McFadden slated to step into the fast lane next here across the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and the Virginia Talk Radio Network.